Hey, welcome to the City Rev Life podcast. My name is Roby. I am here with Dan and Dan's beard. Yes. Dan's beard probably warrants an entire podcast episode in and of yep. itself because it is glorious. However, we are not talking about Dan's beard today. We are talking about sabbaticals mm. and glad that you've joined us. We're not just talking about uh, our rhythm of taking sabbaticals as a church team. Our pastors and directors take a rhythm of sabbaticals every few years. But really, this is a subject that is picking up the discussion of uh, taking the practice of taking a sabbatical. That is picking up in all different kinds of industries. And so we're yeah. going to talk about that a little bit today. But there's a lot of talk about that around. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of talk in business about sabbaticals. Uh, in sports as well, right now there's conversation in uh, Formula One racing. There's a, a race car driver who's taking a sabbatical from racing to figure out what's next after he and his sponsor have parted ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, and also in the beginning of the year, Fast Company did, uh, had a great article that said the great resignation, the number of people leaving the workforce since the pandemic, is actually turning into the great sabbatical. Hmm that they're finding a lot of people are forced into a life change or forced into asking questions about a life change through the pandemic. And instead of leaving the workforce as a whole, they're taking time away from the workforce to consider what they want to do next. So sabbaticals are popping up everywhere. It seems like everybody's talking about a sabbatical. Uh, so we want to take some time and say, what is it? Who should consider it? How do you do it? What does that look like? Yeah, and so I think as you're listening to this episode, um, no matter what industry you're in, uh, there's a lot of information, a lot of discussion about this becoming a best practice in multiple industries. Um, it's, I think this is kind of something usually associated with a few particular industries, but now it's beyond throughout the marketplace. This is being becoming a discussion. Yeah. So typically when you think about sabbaticals in different spheres, like maybe in education, it's an extended time where they where the educator steps away from teaching and maybe works on writing a book or a research project, or in the corporate world, you step away from your regular role and you're working on some sort of personal production or uh, honing a personal skill. Uh, but for what we're talking about in our context is taking time to refocus on your physical, your spiritual, your mental health, and realigning uh, yourself and your relationships toward the Lord. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And that has been something I know you've taken uh, a couple sabbaticals. I've taken a few, a few sabbaticals. And, um, I think we have in our context learned that this has been something that has been a, a huge help to us. Um, should I just share a little bit about what the, where that came yeah, from? Then, that'd be then? great. Yeah. So I think a, a, about 10 years ago, we were looking at and discussing the, the rate of burnout among uh, church staff uh, members. And, um, uh, you know, if you're not on a church staff or maybe don't have a friend, it's, sometimes it's hard to know what does a church staff member do beyond Sunday. But there's a lot of event planning, a lot of entering into crisis with, with individuals. Um, there's a lot of content creation and there's um, it, it's a lot. It can be long hours, can be unpredictable hours. They can be hard on families, um, a lot of demand on the weekend. Um, so like it can be a strain on, on, uh, on families with children. And so we were looking at what are the best practices and what kept surfacing was sabbaticals as a, as a, a defense against burnout. 
And um, uh, and maybe before we go further, why don't you define burnout, Dan, before yeah. we go further into this? So we have uh, really healthy rhythms that we teach our team and that we hold each other accountable to of taking days off, taking vacation time. Um, but those often don't really attack burnout. Burnout is when you're staying at a, a high level or frenetic level of activity and you're never really coming all the way back down to zero. You're staying at this high level and it's burning through a lot of stress. And stress is a good thing in life, but never coming away from that stress or never coming down from the stress can actually start to burn through mental stores. And what happens at that point is as you're staying in that high stress environment, you start to burn through all those mental sores. And because of that, you start to feel burned out way past when you were burned out. Mm. Uh, and then at that point, if you don't correct it, it really starts to spiral. And if that continues, you get to a point where achieving normal productivity is going to be a great cost, a lot of professional help, and a long road to recovery to get back to just normal productivity. So burnout is a serious threat to our mental uh, and and work life. So we want to prevent that with really good measures for rest and recovery yeah. as well. So by the time you feel burned out, it's You're too late. Out. Yeah. So you've, you've got to have a preemptive rhythm of rest and it's not just, uh, you know, it, of course it affects our professional life, but relational, emotional, spiritual family, um, a lot of things. And so we were kind of pushing into this and we realized, um, and we, we put a lot of emphasis as far as that work-life balance for our team in those rhythms. And I think where that comes from uh, is God spent a lot of time in the in the law, the Pentateuch, the first five books of, of the Bible, uh, the Torah, talking about rhythms. He talked about a weekly rhythm. There was a weekly rhythm of one day, uh, work six days, one day was holy. It was set aside. It was restful. It was time for worship and family and recharging, refilling. There was various other annual rhythms of feasts and festivals where they would set aside time um, all, that they would travel together to go and they would spend time with the Lord and go to Jerusalem and there were directed things. But there was also a sabbatical year, and that that's where this term comes from, is the sabbatical year. And this was a big deal. This is not a detail in the law. This is listed in Exodus. It's in Leviticus. It's in Deuteronomy. They talk about these things. And several components to the sabbatical year, one is they would stop working their land. So it was primarily an agricultural um, uh, culture. They would stop working their land. They would let the land fallow which was a benefit to them, was a benefit to the land. And um, as it's discussed in Exodus, that's also was a benefit to the poor. The poor could come in and, and eat from the land as it was foul, as, as it was following over. It was also a, they would release people from debts at that time, every seven years, people that were in indentured servitude, maybe they had sold themselves um, to pay a debt. They would be released on that seventh year. But um, they, they would store up on the sixth year and they would prepare ahead of time for that seventh year. And here's what I thought. Well, I want to read one passage out of Leviticus that I thought was so good because I think it speaks to us as thinking through sabbaticals. But here's what it says. This is Leviticus 25 verse 20. It says, and if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year? If we may not sow or gather in our crop. And then he says this, I, this is God, I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year so that it will produce a crop sufficient for three years. And so he, um, God is saying, when you take this step of faith 
and prepare and rest, I'm going to help you prepare ahead of time. And so there's just so much in there for best practice with sabbatical. It's um, it doesn't just benefit you. It benefits other people. It requires faith. Sometimes we don't let go because letting go and resting uh, means we're not in control and we can't imagine God uh, can't imagine not being in control. What will the world do without us when we go away and we rest? Um, and also a God's provision. And so there's, there's, and the preparation required ahead of time. So there's a lot of things uh, in the Bible. And I think that what we learned was that having these healthy rhythms is not just um, modern science. Modern science, yet again, is discovering something that has been in the biblical rhythm for humanity all this time. That's really good, and it it shows us that not only did God design a weekly rhythm of rest with the Sabbath, that there should be a weekly rhythm where we're resting, uh, but he added on to that that there's an occasional, there's an, a weekly, an annual, and an occasional period in that sabbatical year where we need a deeper level of rest. Mm. And it takes a lot of preparation to do that, but God promises that he'll help you in that preparation. And it takes a lot of faith to feel like you can yes. step away from your work, you can step away from what's happening, and the world's not going to fall apart. Uh, and that that step of faith often for us reminds us that ultimately God is the one who's in control and is providing, not us. Yeah. And that we can rest and we can rely on him in that time and in that extended time uh, to show his provision. Yeah, I think that is one of our biggest barriers to rest, whether it's a day off mm. or just just putting the phone down and not checking email at night or taking the day off or taking our full vacation time or even imagining something like a sabbatical is we think that the world will fall apart without us or we think we just can't trust in the Lord's provision. But that's part of rest. It's trusting that the Lord will provide. Um, but I think you could also argue, and, and it's hard for us to compare ourselves to the ancients. How do we really know? Hmm. But you could argue that there are some ways in which we would need it in a modern era with technology more than previous generations. Yeah. Yeah. At, uh, in, in antiquity, it would be dark, so a lot of work would stop yeah. because it's dark. And now our we have our phones in our room and they're backlit, so you don't even have to worry about it when it's dark. You can keep working and keep doing things. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we have so much more information coming at us on a daily rhythm right. that you could argue we have greater need to take more time off yeah. and to be able to recover. And I think the, you know, we're not bound by the, the law. Christ fulfilled the law for us, but at the same time, it would be foolish to disregard these rhythms that we're talking about. So you know, I'm imagining someone listening this or watching this episode and they're saying, well, that's great. Um, you know, I, I'd love to take a sabbatical, but... For one, I don't know what I would do on a sabbatical. And for two, how in the world would I do a sabbatical with my job? Uh, how would you respond to those questions, Dan? Yeah, those are great questions. I think the first thing is um, the idea of a sabbatical, of getting deeper physical, relational, mental, and spiritual rest, uh, it takes some some preparing. Yeah, You know, uh, God's people didn't just say, oh, it's the seventh year, we're going to stop stop working our land now, they would have to prepare going into it. So thinking through what are the things that will give me rest and how can I find rest? You know, how am I going to structure my days or my weeks or that time so that I don't have to work a lot, that I can achieve that kind of rest. And then the other thing is I think starting to do some research, starting to find out, you know, what are some ways that I can encourage the spheres of influence that I have to consider taking this time? 
and to consider pursuing sabbatical, whether it's uh, trying to figure out how will my responsibilities be covered if mm-hmm. I was gone? How can I raise up people around me to take care of those responsibilities? And how can I structure my time to make sure that when I completely disconnect for rest, that there is a resource for people to be able to continue the work, the rest of work? Because when I check out and I'm on sabbatical, yeah. the world doesn't stop. The world continues. So how can I prepare and make sure that my organization, that the contacts that I have, have a, a connection point and business is able to continue in my absence? I think those two things that you mentioned uh, are really key. You know, for one, who does my job while I'm gone? Mm. And I think that's, you know, one of the biblical things uh, about sabbaticals is that when it's talking about Exodus is there is a benefit to other people. A lot of times we feel guilty about resting. We shouldn't feel guilty about resting. Mm. We're shown and commanded. Um, Jesus took time away. He would get away and rest. God rested on the seventh day of, of in the creation story. Shouldn't feel guilty about it. But part of the guilt is I'm putting a bunch of work on other people. But I think something we've found in our context is people have been taking, I mean, almost every year there's a, a handful of people on our team that they're due for their sabbatical. Yeah. Um, and I think what we've learned is, yes, while we all lean in and cover for that person, there's an incredible opportunity. There, It forces those of us who are seeing a sabbatical coming in a year or two to raise up leaders to a higher capacity. And so maybe you're a business owner or maybe you have... Uh, influence in your company that you could influence or you could take a sabbatical um, but you're like yeah I just you know, who could who could possibly do what I do that might be a cue that this is an opportunity to raise up leaders mm. that they can step into that role and so that when you return you have higher capacity leaders and then you're operating now at a higher altitude altitude level and so I think the preparation and the faith are, are huge. And the second thing you said in there that I think was super helpful is leveraging your influence. If you you may have influence in your sphere where you, by speaking up about this practice, which has its roots in the Bible and is there's a lot of chatter in the marketplace about it, you might be influencing as a, as a city changer. You might be influencing for the health of the employees in your organization by speaking up and, and starting a dialogue about this. And of course, you, you can only go so far as the influence you have, but that might be a useful thing to look into. What influence do you have about bringing this ancient, biblical, and uh, best practice into the, the uh, organization that, that you're a part of? Um, maybe speak a little bit, Dan, about what would be good things to do on a sabbatical. Mm. Yeah, so... Um, for us, the kinds of things we do on sabbatical is we create a plan of like, what am I going to read? What sources am I going to plug into that are going to provide healthy, good things for me to think about? Uh, so we create Bible reading plans and say, while I'm on sabbatical, this is what I want to study, or these are the books in the Bible that I'm going to read and really just focus on. Uh, I think another really important thing that we drastically underrate is this is the amount of time I just want to be quiet mm-hmm. and be really still before the Lord, whether it's taking long walks, it's sitting on the porch drinking coffee, it's taking time to be quiet and to be still, to allow the Lord to speak into your life and allow a lot of the busyness and all of the idle thoughts that you have in your head to be flushed out so then you have clear mental space to listen to what the Lord is saying. Uh, and then I also think relational Health is another big part of a sabbatical. Um, designing time to have more intense time with your family members. 
to be able to build some of those relationships and invest in those relationships in a way that you can't during a normal normal work life rhythm. Yeah, I you you said once if you you knew that you were rested on one of your sabbaticals when you were bored for the right. first time. That was a good that was a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, that's my goal. I usually try and track when am I going to be bored? Uh, how am I going to do things that will get me bored? Yeah, you think we can we can also take a sabbatical and overfill it with goals and all these things. In right. fact, when we when someone's taking their sabbatical for the first time on our team, if they've got this, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to do this and I'm going to go that we say well, that doesn't sound like a sabbatical. And yeah. um, there can be times for for some things that are done like that, but not filling it up with with activities. Yeah. Well, um, I would just, maybe we leave it with this. If you're, if you might say, look, I, I love the idea of a sabbatical. I'm not allowed to take a sabbatical or I'm not in a season of life where that's even a possibility. And that is very likely true. Maybe the takeaway from this episode, there may be an opportunity down the road for you to take a sabbatical, but maybe the big takeaway from, from this episode is take seriously the rhythms of rest you do have and maybe taking an extended time off. And when we're talking about sabbatical, the Bible's talking about an entire year. I think in our context, we are talking somewhere between six to 12 weeks. It would be a sabbatical range. Um, But maybe that larger chunk of time is not possible for you. But take seriously then your and protect the rhythms of rest you do have, whether it's a day off or it's vacation. Um, Take your vacation. If you lead a team at work, applaud them for taking their vacation. Don't secretly reward them for not taking rest. That's right. not biblical. And and allow the vulnerability and the dependency and the faith that is required for resting well to to uh, encourage you and nourish your soul and your relationship with the Lord. Anything else you'd, you'd add, Dan? I just feel like rest is one of those things we don't value because we feel like when I have time that's open— I want to do all the things I don't get to do. Mm. And often what we need the most is to be quiet before the Lord and to allow him to restore us and to speak to us and just to quiet our minds before him. So designing time for rest, whether it's getting rid of all technology, uh, it's getting rid of any sort of thing on your calendar, just designing times to have rest in whatever rhythm you can is so valuable before the Lord. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, and, And you know, maybe... You, you can't take a sabbatical from work, but maybe there are other things you can. A sabbatical mm-hmm. from social media, a sabbatical from checking your phone every night when you get home from work, a sabbatical from st- streaming um, something on a streaming service and, a, and, and get, spend more time just quietly with the Lord or walking in nature. There's other ways that you can leverage that and, uh, and just be quiet before the Lord. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode. We hope this was a helpful discussion for you about sabbatical, and we will see you next time on the City Rev Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe and leave a rate and review. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. So don't forget to tag us at cityrev.church. If you're interested in more resources, download our City Rev Church app and follow us on social media. Thank you so much and have a great day.